0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and today we are going to be talking practical RxJS and performance. We're going to have a bunch of code demos. It should be good. Uh, Our panelists today joining us, we've got Austin McDaniel. Austin, what's going on? How's everybody doing
1: today? Justin, you're looking awful tan from Cruz there.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. We uh, just got back from that last week. That was pretty cool. We'll, give, we'll have a little bit of discussion about that here in a minute. Um, pretty fun trip. And uh, I think we got Mike Brocky's going to be joining us here in a minute. So as soon as he comes on, we'll uh, introduce him. Uh, and Alyssa might be joining us as well. So we'll see. Oh, hey, there's Mike. Just in time. Mike, what's going on?
2: Not too much. Did I make it for my intro?
0: You totally did. Totally did.
2: What, what were you right, busy I, doing? You
0: are in a meeting or what?
2: I wasn't in a meeting. Yeah, man.
0: <laughs> All right. I, some business these things together. happen
2: after you get back from a cruise.
0: Hey, we were just talking about that, too. And our guest today... I wasn't listening. <laughs> I know. You're busy connecting. All right. Our guest today is Onur. Onur, how's it going?
3: Hey, man. What's up?
0: It's good to have you here. Why don't you uh, tell our guest... Viewers, a little bit about yourself, real quick, before we get started, and then we'll dive in and talk about some cruise stuff and we'll talk about RxJS. But, Onur, give us a rundown.
3: Okay. Um, so, I'm Onur. Um I'm a freelance UI UX engineer uh, based in Vienna. So, I live and work in Austria, uh, a small country you may have uh, heard of possibly. And so, I work uh, for European companies and help build them web apps and lately I'm more and more focused on uh, the PWA stuff, so I'm trying to bring some improvements on that front.
0: Awesome, awesome. and you're going to be demoing some code today for us for yeah. RxjS stuff. We've been talking a little about that. that'll be pretty cool. Uh, Before we dive into that let's give a recap of cruise so uh last week whole week we uh were on a boat mike and i several other people uh it was pretty cool um it was neat it was different a different type of uh conference setting you know it was pretty cool the thing i liked most about it was the fact that it spanned several days you know so we had like three and a half days on the boat and that was plenty of opportunity to network and get to know people, um, help people out. Uh, usually at conferences, you got this like two-day crammed of all kinds of content, and then you're in and you're out, and it's difficult to interface with people and, and get and reach a lot of people with that. So this setting was pretty cool to have that. Um, and then of course there was the destinations, so going to the Nassau and uh, Coco Key, their own private island, uh, and then. The Keys, Key West was pretty cool. Uh, Mike, what did you think about it?
2: Oh, it was an absolute blast to just have all that time to be able to lay on the beach, lay by the pool. Uh, I mean, talk about Angular and (laughs) have some great conversations. Um, Yeah, having that extra time was fantastic. Um, I put all my eggs in one basket. You were there, Justin. Uh, The first night, we were up to like 2 in the morning, uh, banging out an issue, uh, playing with some code with Aaron Frost. Um but it it was really good. Had some really good conversations with other speakers as well as all the attendees. Um it was very relaxed, obviously, on a cruise ship, but the conversations were just fantastic.
0: Yeah, it was it was definitely pretty cool. Um it was a little long, but uh really cool. And one of the things that was interesting was we had like that first day or Tuesday, the full day, I think we had uh, conference stuff going on for most of the day on the boat and then the following two days We didn't start till two thirty, and we did it from like two thirty to 6 o'clock would be the conference stuff So you'd have a chance to get off uh, On the boat and I don't know. This is my first cruise So I don't know if all the cruises work this way But basically every night we'd be traveling and then we'd end in port somewhere And so that next day you'd have the whole day at wherever we stopped at And so we would have the morning until about two o'clock to get back on the boat for the uh, conference and that was cool, but I think maybe it would have been better if we had like the conference stuff at night So you could have the whole day at wherever our destination was and then come back and do the conference stuff at night, but I don't know What, do you what was your
1: favorite destination guys?
0: Mine was a uh, It's to a toss-up between Coco key, which was their uh, Royal Caribbean's island they had it was really cool was just the island, you know, we got out we had to do some snorkeling We did some swimming uh, but it was a little touristy. I mean, the, the setup of the stuff on the island was a little touristy, so I would have liked it to been a little more raw, uh, but that was really cool. And then uh, Key West was awesome, walking around Key West, seeing all the old historic buildings, all the palm trees everywhere. Uh, it was pretty cool. What about you, Mike?
2: I'd have to say uh, Key West, and I may be a little bit slighted because I got sunburnt pretty good at uh, Cocoa Key, <laughs> uh, and I'm finally getting over that now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Key West was just a lot of fun, even though it was really hot, really humid, uh, walking around downtown in Key West. But it was a nice place. Uh, never been there either. So uh, all new destinations for me, at least.
1: Something you don't hear very much. I got sunburned at a code conference. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I had my brightness on my laptop up way too high. I got burned.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. And then it was really cool because, uh, you know, smaller set of attendees, so everybody really got to network with each other, uh, speakers and attendees, and then we had a hack night, uh, a couple of hack nights, and yeah, it was just really cool to be able to hang out, talk Angular, uh, meet people, and, and just be in that space and kind of live in this uh, uh, tropical paradise at the same time, be all development in Angular, and just kind of chill. It was pretty cool, so... Yeah, I don't know if they'll do it next year or whatnot, but if they do, work on getting away on that boat because it's pretty cool. All
3: right. So oh, yeah. I have a question. Uh, yes. Would there be any videos online about NGQ's about uh, presentations and
2: stuff? My understanding, yeah. everything was recorded and uh, will be published. I don't have a timeline for you, but okay. keep an eye out. Um, I'll definitely be tweeting out about mine. Well, um, cool. And yeah. I'm sure they'll be hitting the airwaves in the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah this cool. the, sure.
0: this top media recorded everything. They were there doing the whole media stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe they're gonna edit all that stuff together and then that'll make it available. So mm-hmm. it'll be cool. Be on the lookout and, for that.
2: Yeah. As well as a, Angular Air content. Uh we were able to have a few uh chats as uh the Angular Air panel uh with some of the speakers as well as uh, just ourselves.
0: Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <It was laughs> <sad>. But uh <laughs> So we did we did like three things uh, that that were recorded. So we didn't have an episode, obviously, last week, uh, but we had three sessions where we did uh, these discussion panels, and one of them was really really good. So we'll throw those up through our channel here as soon as we get those uh, from the stop media. So that was cool. Okay, cool. All right, and I while on the boat, I finally got my RXJS ah. stickers, so I'm stoked <laughs> on that. I only grab these two, so normally I grab a bunch and then I'll send them out to people. But I didn't gain more, but um, mm-hmm. maybe I can reach out to Ben Lash and get some more if people want them. But RXJS, let's uh, let's get into it. Anur, why don't you uh, yeah. get us started here?
3: Okay, so I definitely I definitely want a sticker too from Ben Lash.
0: Okay, so um, real real quick. Since you came yeah. on and you're making the time to come on the show and talk to us and show everybody and share your content, I'm gonna get you one of these. So uh, oh, if you need one. Anyway, so yeah, okay, great, All right?
3: Okay, so um, yeah, you you told me that you had also uh, interesting discussions on RxJazz Jazz on Angie Cruise, So maybe um, you will also get into details about your discussions. Uh, I thought about uh, this show, and I planned um, basically two parts. Uh, In the first part, I'd like to just uh, repeat some RxJS basics and talk about the basic concepts and uh, get a common sense on the terminology, because um, I have the feeling that people get really confused with the terminology and with the concepts, and then they... Uh, frustrated quite fast so maybe yeah we just repeat the basics mm, and then the second part um, I thought that uh, we could do a case study on uh, uh yeah a reactive uh, component uh, I've published in April so it's uh, a more complex angular uh, component uh, where a lot of RxJS features are used. Um, so there are about 20 operators, you have co- uh, hot and cold observables, and all that good stuff. So maybe uh, it's also a good learning resource uh, because uh, every time when I'm learning and I get uh, to the limits of the documentation, I have to find projects and <laughs> Get into the code and uh, get my hands dirty. So yeah, basically the parts.
0: Okay. Awesome. That sounds like it's gonna be pretty cool. I'm uh, excited about this terminology description because that's one thing that always I find challenging is there's all these terms for these operators and and the observables and subjects and behaviors and all these things and it's kind of
3: yeah, yeah. okay how do I how
0: do I how do I remember and and get that to sink in like which one yeah. is which because I don't know so. Yeah:
3: Well, when I, when I started learning, I tried to focus on just the most important parts, so you don't have to know everything, but if you just remember the most important uh, concepts, uh, that's, that's kind of a key idea for me. Okay, so let me try to get into the desktop sharing mode. Just give me a OK. It's working. You should see a code editor and on the right side the console.
0: Looks yep. good. Looks good. Looks good.
3: Okay. Yep. yep. Um, fine. So RxJS, everybody knows about RxJS. Um, it's a very um, cool uh, library to uh, get along with. Async problems uh, using observable sequences. So the idea is uh, From I don't know 2010 I think so in front-end terms uh, This is quite old stuff uh, But uh, it's, it's getting hotter and hotter. So. And for me um, The cool thing was uh, when I started to learn about observable sequences uh, to to learn about how observables fit into the general landscape. And um, I learned that it's uh, about consumers and producers of data. So on uh, most uh, general uh, conception, uh, you have consumers and producers of data. And of course, uh, there you can have uh, different um, kind of uh, communication or protocol between these uh, two entities. And when I read the official official, uh, documentation, there was this uh, cool description of pull uh, versus push systems. And this helped me really to understand the role of observables uh, in the general landscape. So before getting uh, into the interface definitions or type definitions, I just want to uh, remind everybody uh, about the general idea of consumers and producers. So um, you can partition uh, the systems in two parts. Uh, let's start with the pool, uh systems. Uh, so if you have a function, um, function definition, the function body uh, does nothing for itself. It's just a lazy definition of some computation and here we have a very simple example where the consumer is in an active role and uh, calls the producer and the producer then uh, hands over the value and the value is used so let's see if that works yeah and so uh, a function can be regarded as a producer of a single value uh, in a synchronous way um then you can uh, also uh, have code systems where multiple values are returned. Uh in this case, I will comment out that code. So in JavaScript you can define generators, and generators are special kind of functions, uh if you will, uh which are allowed uh to re- yield multiple values and of also close it with a return statement. Mm.
0: And here, yeah, you do that with the asterisk right there, right, for the generator.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, the syntax is uh, you have an asterisk on the function keyword, and that declares marks marks that as a generator. And it works really simple. You have the yield keyword, and the yield keyword can return basically uh, value. And uh, what happens if you call a generator? So if we invoke the generator, we get, a, we get back an iterator. So again, uh, we're in a pull system. Uh, the consumer has to actively pull out values out of the generator. So you have to call next every time you want to get the next value. Um, so OK, that was pull systems for single and multiple values. Um, and then uh, you can, of course, have uh, push-based systems, and this is, of course, very familiar in uh, front-end programming or in back-end programming, the concept of a, of a promise. Uh, so with a promise, the roles of uh, the consumer and producer are slightly changed, or changed totally. the. <laughs> Uh, uh, the consumer has a passive role, you provide a callback uh, where you uh, get the values pushed to. So the consumer, uh, the producer um, has to actively produce the value and the consumer will, will receive it when it's available. So it has a passive role now. And yeah, with Java, JavaScript Promises uh, basically you Uh, use the resolve function uh, method to return a future value and uh, if you want to consume uh, the value out of the promise you have to provide a callback so this is the success callback Uh, there will be a future value and you will get the value when it's available or you might not get the value or there could be an error Uh, so as a consumer you're in a passive role OK, and now we get to the interesting part. So everybody still with me? Um,
0: yes, yes, we're still with you.
3: OK. And uh, observables um, have the role of uh, returning multiple values synchronous or asynchronously. Uh, so it's a push- push-based system. Um, and you define an observable or you create an observable and then you su- subscribe to the observable and uh, it will push you uh, values over time so it, that can be synchronous or async and here we have a simple example how to define an observable uh, in RxJazz um, and now you can Uh, start to talk a little bit about the interfaces uh, we have here. So here we see that uh, uh, we create an observable by passing a function which takes an observer, and just by looking uh, at the definition, you see that the observer must have a next method defined on it, and also a complete method, so already we know a lot about the type definition. And the observable basically has to provide a subscribe method. And when you subscribe to an observable, you pass in an observer, uh, and then um, the values get pushed to you. So here we have two values sync, and uh, with set timeout we get the latest value. Okay. Um, so this is more or less following the official documentation. And uh, another thing I found very interesting um, was that uh, you can regard observables as uh, generalizations of uh, functions. So if you if we look at the simple function definition again, um, we can uh, use the call method on the function prototype uh just to make it more uh similar to how you would uh call observables so produce a dot call looks really similar uh to observable.subscribe. Uh, observable dot subscribe uh and as a matter of fact you can uh, say that observables are more general than functions so Okay, you are limited uh, that you um, take zero uh, arguments, but uh, an observable basically allows to return multiple values, and uh, the function just allows to return one value. So, also, this idea was kind of interesting to understand for me at the beginning. Okay, any questions about that for now? All right. Oh, this looks great. Okay.
1: As Can I'm we... looking at this, as as you're talking, it yeah. it almost feels like a iterator and a promise had a baby, and that was an observable.
3: <laughs> 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 because in the iterator, <laughs> you're,
1: doing, you're yielding out, and then you're you're peeking at the next one. Yeah. And you're completing it, and it's that's kind of like the promise. Maybe that's. Not the correct way to say it, but it kind of it kind of resembles both of those concepts, kind of meshed together.
3: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, I think there is uh, some background uh, on um, that the uh, observable structure is actually uh, so it, it's based on the uh, iterable structure, but S- slightly turned around, so um, I think there was an NGR air show uh, with Benlash, so he had more uh, to explain about uh, what, what what is the background uh, in, in um, um, regarding uh, design patterns and stuff like that but yeah that's i don't want to dive too much into that because uh, there uh, I think uh, a lot of confusion starts to happen. So.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> I was just the observation as you were talking through it.
3: Okay. Yeah. So um, for me, it was just uh a, a interesting observation that this is so similar, and observables are actually more general, with the limitation that you have zero uh, arguments to the function. Uh, so that was. Uh, more interesting part of the documentation and yeah then um, uh, beside the definitions on the types uh, observables also follow a certain grammar or contract if you will so um, uh, the next error and complete methods which are uh, defined on the observer Uh, have to follow a certain contract. So uh, with this definition, um, you state that there may be multiple or zero next calls and optionally an error call or a complete call. Um, So if we just draw some simple uh, marble diagrams, this N denotes a value or a next call. So it's valid that you can have multiple next calls, and then an error. Uh, Also, it's valid that you can have multiple next calls, and then the observable completes. Or, if I'm not mistaken, it's also valid that nothing happens. Uh, No next is called, and also the observable does not complete. So, I don't know, contract-wise, this should be valid.
2: Yeah, so think of it as the idea of have an observable of click events, and yeah. the user just sits there and stares at the screen and yeah, never clicks sure. anything.
1: Perfect.
3: Yeah, yeah, perfect example. And of course, uh, there are stuff you're not allowed to do. Uh, so in the contract, you're not allowed to um, push an error and then uh, a value or a, a complete uh, message over time. So this invalidates the contract. And so this is not provided by the type system itself. It's uh, provided by the reference implementation and you have to, as a library programmer, you have to watch out that this contract is always uh, valid. Also, you can't have uh, next values after the observable completes or you can't have multiple errors. There's just one error and that's it. Uh, Okay.
0: So, does the if you have an error, do you have to complete it after the error? Is that kind of they go hand in hand, or does the error complete it?
3: Um, I would say that the error completes because it's either error or complete. It's not error and complete, so it's either error or complete, optional.
0: Cool. And so this is really for like if we're creating our own observables, right?
3: Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Also, also as a consumer of RxJS, you have to know the contract so so that you have a basic sense of how the observable works. Um, so that's a good thing to know. Um, okay. Yeah, here. Uh, Basically, um, I have a comment on the observer. The Observer is holds just a set of uh, free callbacks, or may also be defined partially. But I will uh, get to the observer in more detail later. Um, let's have a let's have a look at another core type, uh, which is the subscription, and. The uh, subscription uh, is basically a handle um, on the execution uh, because you can have observables going on infinitely long and uh, at some point you uh, want to unsubscribe from them. So, observable interval is not a function. Did I comment out something wrong? Yeah.
2: See. I think it's a lowercase o on the import. I don't know.
3: It works. I just uh, commented out an uh, import. Oh. Mm, okay. So when do we get a subscription? If we call uh, the method uh, subscribe on the observable, we get back the subscription, and basically the subscription has just a method unsubscribe. Where you indicate that uh, resources can be freed, mm. and let's say um, you want to write your own observable, uh, you also have to specify the teardown logic uh, if necessary. So. We define the observable via the constructor uh, constructor and uh, takes the subscribe uh, method. And basically at the end, the unsubscribe method is returned and there you can, well, here uh, we have just a set interval uh, with two seconds and it just pushes uh, turtles over time. let increase here. You should see the numbers going up. Yeah. And after five and a half seconds, it, it will unsubscribe. So we have two times the turtle in this time frame, and the interval is cleared.
0: So I think this is one of the parts where it gets a little bit confusing is once you start, you're creating a new observable and you're handing it a function. And then inside of that function is where you're doing some next and some uh, finish and stuff like that, complete and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I don't know, how do you how do you keep track as you start creating an observable? Um, is it is that just the, the API, the life of the API? That's how we're going to have to deal with it and start learning it? Or is there a trick to kind of, I don't know, conceptually wrap your mm-hmm. brain around that? Do you know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, um, basically, the two things you have to remember when creating an observer is that you will get past an observer. And the observer is really simple uh, type. So it's just the three uh, methods on an observer next, or uh, error, or complete. So that's one thing you have to remember. And the second thing uh, you have to remember is that if you allocate some resource, that must be freed uh, after unsubscribe. Um, You have to return an unsubscribe handler, which is later called (laughs) on the subscription, uh, which uh, frees the resources. So that's two things you have to remember. Um, But I think you really have to get your hands dirty and write, uh, create your own Nonsensical observables, maybe turtles or whatever. Uh, it really helps if you play around with it. And
1: uh, yeah, so my do you have to do you have to return a function that doesn't unsubscribe, or will it uh, presume just a default unsubscribe?
3: Um, i think you don't have to return an unsubscribe uh, we have here we had an example where we just used the observer and didn't care about uh the thread logic because this is a very simple observable and there is nothing to uh, no resource to free up so i think it will do nothing no op
1: <laughs> i think it's i think it's important though even though you don't have to return that function to unsubscribe, in this example here, you're doing a clear interval, you still need to unsubscribe to your function, even if you don't return a function, that way you can free up, that way you're not listening for memory leaks with event handlers.
3: Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to unsubscribe um, from the Observable. so that's what you're saying, basically, right?
1: Correct. And even if you don't return the function, you still need to call it. Yeah,
3: yeah, sure, sure. Um, Yeah, and I think Ben Lash has a a very good blog post on that um, where he tries to address the problem of uh, managing your own subscriptions uh, versus using operators like take until uh, and stuff like that to automatically unsubscribe when the observable is finished. So I think um, you don't always have to manage the subscription uh, manually. Uh, sometimes you can uh, use operators, but I think we will come to operators later.
1: Oh, good point. I, I, didn't, I forgot about take and tell and some of those operators that you use when you're creating these observables handle that for you. So yeah. that, that's a mm-hmm. good tip as well.
3: Yeah, so it's not my tip, it's Ben Lab's tip. <laughs> Just learn uh, by reading the blog post of Ben. So um, I think it's a medium and um, yeah, he has a lot of good posts. Okay, so are there any comments or other questions for this stuff?
1: I think we're good. I'm a little okay. sad you use turtles instead of pandas.
3: Ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't think a lot about that, but you're
0: right. <laughs> Important I, you know, detail. <laughs> now, I I like turtles, so I'm okay with it. Yeah
3: should I should I change it uh, on air right now? To give you the honor. Maybe, maybe. Let me try
0: some live coding.
3: Yeah, yeah. What can go wrong? So, uh, animal and panda, panda, right, so I guess three times. <laughs> That's three a lot of panda. So you have to
1: We can understand. all use more pandas in our life.
3: Yeah, it's also a critical part of chess to understand the panda mind. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay so uh let's try to continue a little bit, okay, so the next point uh or the next call type is the observer. I also uh, mentioned some uh a, a little bit about observers um, but basically, you have to know that the observer may be passed as an object with the methods on it. It may be partially uh specified so Often you're just interested in the next uh, values and just uh, provide the next handler. And also you can pass it as arguments to the subscribe function. So either an object, partial implementing the interface, so uh, at least the next method would be interesting, We provide the uh, next callback and the error callback as arguments to the subscribe function. So that's how the observer basically is used on the observable.
0: So, what would be the use case for us to create our own observer? Uh,
3: You mean an observable? Or an observer?
0: Like the Observer object that you created, that you just commented out, right?
3: Yeah, Uh, so um, you have to to create an Observer object, otherwise uh, RxJS is lazy, Uh, nothing will happen. So you need to subscribe uh, with an Observer uh, to get things started, otherwise nothing will happen. If you don't call Subscribe, where you have to pass an Observer, uh, nothing will happen. So you can define observables and chain uh, observable methods uh, as you want. Um, as soon as there is a subscribe uh, call, uh, the thing will start to execute. So this is the lazy uh, part of RxJS. Cool.
1: If I... Do next before I subscribe to something? Does does it pick up like a queue, or will it only be from everything on from when I subscribe?
3: Yeah. Okay. Now now we're getting to the uh, really confusing part. <laughs> uh, actually, this uh, that's a hint uh, for the next topic. So um, basically, there are two cases. Um, until now, I've just talked about observables And observables have always a separate uh, context, execution context. So um, if you get back to the panda definition here of the observable, uh, you call next inside uh, the definition of of the observable. And as soon as you subscribe, you will get all uh, values from beginning to the end. So every time you subscribe, subscribe on that observable. Um, It will get a new execution context, which is separated from all other subscriptions. And it will get all values from the beginning uh, to the end. And and now we get to uh, your point. Uh, And that's basically, The topic of subjects. So, um, subjects, yeah, there are a lot of blog posts uh, uh, about subjects and uh, also a lot of confusing stuff uh, going on. And uh, without getting into uh, too much detail about subjects, I want to start with a motivation. Why uh, we need something like a subject. So um, let's say you have an observable and the observable has a producer of data which does some heavy computation or uh, let's say it allocates some uh, very costful resource and then you have um, then you subscribe two times and uh, what happens here is that uh, each subscription will get its own execution context and the heavy computation, as you see on the right side, uh, gets called two times. So if you just have the observable as we used it for now, um, this is a problem. So you have to get rid of this because um, there are cases where you want to share the context. Or share some uh, common resource, and um, that's basically uh, the reason why we need the concept of a subject. Okay, so everybody still with me?
0: Yes, yes, that's a really good description.
3: Sleeping. Okay, (laughs) and um, so the subject. it's a very interesting uh, type definition, if you want. So it has really uh, two parts. Uh, you can view the subject as an observable, so just like the usual observable we, we were talking about right now. So um, uh, you can uh, call subscribe on on, uh, on a subject, as it's just like an observable, and it also has the side of uh, an observer so what was an observer, the observer type provided uh, was just the set of uh, three callbacks, so you had the next uh, callback, error callback and the complete callback so the subject is a type which just combines the observer and the observable and it's basically used to solve the problem of uh, of of uh, sharing a common um, execution context because you cannot always afford to have a very pure perfect uh separated context route. so uh, therefore you need to have a subject so how re- how can you use subjects and uh the funny thing is uh, you can use subjects on uh, a lot of different ways. Let's see what I have here. Okay. <coughs> okay. So of course we get uh hold on the subject uh, type by importing uh, the subject type uh, from RxJS and then we create a subject. And here we use the um, observer part of the subject and push two values. And then uh, we use the observable part of the subject and uh, uh, more or less subscribe two times. And uh, then we use again the observer part to (laughs) Uh, push two uh, to values and, um, yeah. So, what do we have here. Okay. So, the first thing to notice is, um, The values, uh, the the first two values, uh, they are not outputted uh, in the console because, um, uh, yeah, you have um, hot observable here and uh, the subscription is basically too late to the party and it uh, subscribes after the next call and... um, does not get hold of the uh, first two values, but it will get the next two values. And um, so that basically uh, partially answers uh, your command, Austin, right? So this is a case where you have a hot observable where the two values are lost. If you would yep. have uh, cold observables, uh, you would receive all values.
1: Oh, real quick, you mentioned the hot, hot and cold observables. You want to describe that real quick for the viewers?
3: <sighs> yeah. Ah, <sighs> okay. Uh, so um, basically, if you work with uh, the default observable, as in the beginning, where you have a. Uh, uh, a separated execution context and each subscribe uh, triggers uh, the execution context. Um, you have uh, cold observables and every value or every subscribe um, uh, starts a new execution context and you get all the values that are emitted. And with uh, hot observables um, you have some kind of a event emitter uh, Uh, stuff in the background. So Subject uh, is in this case uh, similar to an Event Emitter and if you emit these two values before any subscription exists these two values uh, will be lost. So um, if you uh, register a click callback on a button and uh the user clicks the button before the listeners are added. You will not notice uh take note of the of the clicks before uh registration so that's for me i don't know if if this is a good example because with cold and hot uh it's it gets really <laughs> complicated pretty fast and uh you end up having uh lukewarm. <laughs> Observables, but uh, for now I just like to focus on uh, the, the pure observables with a, a separated execution context and subject with um, shared uh, execution context. So a subject basically may um, maintain a list of observers and push the same value out to all the observers.
1: Kind of makes sense. But hey, you brought it up, so I wanted to (laughs) make sure and describe it to everyone. Yeah,
3: Yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, so here we have the example where we get rid of the heavy computation two times uh, using a subject. So just to quickly uh, comment on that, you have the observable, and then you create a subject and you subscribe two times on the subject and you use the observer part of the subject to subscribe on the observable so um, that you can avoid uh, a separate context execution. So that's the trick. So that's a performance trick basically. So if you have if you're a consumer of RxJS and you have performance issues uh, you might you might want to look into your observables uh, whether you have a separate execution contexts that are not needed and taking up a lot of computation
0: okay okay can you can you uncomment that real quick and one more time yeah. On that yeah. Okay so y- you've got a subject that you could create it and subscribe to, and then you've also created an observable that you're subscribing to and handing it the subject, which could be an observer or a observable right yeah you're so doing this- I'm, yeah good i'm
3: i'm uh I'm subscribing on the subject, so the subject maintains a list of observers and I'm using the subject to subscribe on the observable, and if the observable uh, emits a value, uh, the subject will be used to uh, multicast, basically, uh, the values to the observers, without needing to create another execution context, or a separate execution context.
0: Okay, got it. Takes a minute for that to sink in, right? But it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's kind of like okay, whoa, let's let's sink that in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: cool. you re- and so this is not just for fun or stuff like that. You need you need subjects, otherwise, uh, performance will be very very bad. So uh, you need it performance wise. Okay, so we're ra- running out of time terribly. <laughs> Um, I
1: you left something uh, up there, com- or uncommitted. Ah, yeah.
3: Thanks. So as I said, you can uh, have different uh, ways to use multicast observables. So the default observable is unicast. Uh, and uh, subjects, or you can create multicast observables. And yeah, there's a just uh, we have again the really simple observable definition, and we create a subject, and we use the multicast operator very past uh, the subject. Uh, and then we get a different kind of observable. Uh, more special observable, it's called connectable observable if I'm not mistaken. And um, this observable just adds the method connect. So if you subscribe uh, on the multicast connectable observable, uh, it will call subscribe on the subject. And if you call connect, it will call subscribe on the um, observable itself. So this is another way how to use subjects in our XJS. And yeah. You want to add something to this?
0: <laughs> no. I think otherwise you're
3: good. otherwise I will just uh shortly um uh, mentioned the concept of reference counting so uh, we often have the case that you um, um, you want to create a multicast observable on the first subscription and uh, if the last subscription uh, unsubscribes you have to clean up the uh, subject and there you have the ref count operator. So I, I will not get uh, uh, too much into ref counting because we're running out of time. <laughs> so, but it's basically nothing new. You can look this up in the official documentation. I think uh, the official documentation is still one of the best resources besides all the great, um, um, all the great blog posts. Okay, and I'll skip also schedulers, and the next topic would be operators. So basically, this would be the topic uh, to talk about in the second part. Um, Did you want
0: to? Did you want to get into your case study? Yeah, we could do that. Let's let's do that. Yeah. Okay. And then everybody can kind of look up stuff on the scheduler operators online and yeah.
3: Okay, so we ran out of time terribly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm doing this for the first time, so it's very hard to estimate how much time it will take to get through this stuff.
0: No, no uh, worries. There's uh, plenty of good content. We we'll really appreciate it, and we can go over. That. That's fine. Um, okay. People have to, you know, Mike has to go back to another meeting. Something. Yeah, yeah. Mind.
3: Yeah. We as long want- as you're
0: available, let's let's keep some stuff going. So go for it. Yeah.
3: I don't want to keep Mike away from his CLI work. So um, just to. Quick, uh, (laughs) um, just a quick hint um, on the uh, component I've released in April, end of April. Um, It's really, um, I'd say, more complex Angular um, component um, where you have basically a, um, a virtualization of a list or a grid, and for uh, UI implementations where you have uh, 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 cells given with a certain height, you can optimize the scrolling behavior. So the basic idea here is to um, uh, just uh, maintain a constant amount of DOM nodes uh, and not render all the whole list, so the list is really big. But if we just show the necessary stuff, um, yeah, it kind of works good. And uh, the idea for this component was for me to uh, uh, I wanted to use uh, RxJS for the inner implementation, but also for the API surface because uh, one of the greatest parts of Angular is that um, that RxJS is built in in many places. So this will be a maybe uh, another show, but uh, I just wanted um, to follow the same idea and try to use uh, RxJS where it fits naturally. And in UI components, you often have the case that you can um, really get benefits out of uh, RxJS operators, which we did not capture in this this show. yeah, you can look this up on GitHub. Uh, it's uh, Denali slash OD dash Virtual Scroll. Um, it's really not that much code. You'll find uh, examples of about twenty operators, and um, in a few hundred lines of code, you basically get a an idea of how RxJS can be integrated in components because I often feel that um, RxJS is used in Angular, and when it comes to uh, components that people implement, they break with the uh, with the idea and they don't use RxJS. So in some cases it's okay, but often uh, it fits it fits naturally, and yeah, that was the idea uh, behind the component. But I will stop talking now and give back uh to justin (laughs)
0: all right all right well that was really cool i think you did a good job of breaking that stuff down uh really kind of (laughs) identifying you know giving us a a way to learn that stuff more certainly confusing right with all these different terminology and names and then go deeper and deeper and start wrapping things around it's like oh oh, man one of the things i think that uh i found is like you kind of got to spend A lot of time with it right and you were mentioning this before like you got to dive in and show some turtles or pandas or whatnot right but like it's hard to kind of get in there and you figure it out and you write some code and you're cool then you gotta go jump and do something else you don't use rxjs for a little bit and you come back to it and you're like oh man i gotta ramp back up again like how do you get that to stick and i think another good point that you made right there at the end was you know thinking about using it you know, in your components and things like that. I mean, make, making it more of a regular thing that you do, which then will help that set in more. And it it is something that I think that as you do it, it starts to sink in. And, and once you do more examples, it it you can learn it. Anybody can learn it, right? Uh, you just yeah. got to spend some time with it.
2: Yeah. But to that point about getting it to sink in, if you take the time and go through observables, subjects, and the different things you were showing today. As you get deeper and kind of understand what's happening a little bit under the hood, it will help it stick later on when you go and try and uh, consume something from, say, HTTP or a different event within your UI uh, that you kind of understand, all right, this is how that's being surfaced to me, and then I know that how I can work with it by trying to remember the different operators, which is a completely different conversation. But yeah. understand the concept of observables is uh, fundamental. Yeah.
0: And Anur, I think the thing that's cool about this, um, I'm excited that we have this content that you provided. This is that you know I've read several articles and even the documentation on the site, and they're all kind of different ways of describing it. And I think you brought a different take to it that helps even more. And so now a compilation of those docs, those blog posts, this recording, all coming together really helps um, understand it as well. Because certain there's some things that you described there that I really like the way that you you um, illustrated it, and I think it just thought you know new light of of how to approach it okay
3: thanks
2: thanks
0: very cool all right let's get to our picks and then we'll call it good um we'll start out uh mike you got a pick
2: yeah, I just muted myself. Uh, yes, I have one pick. Uh, so I have uh, two daughters, and obviously I really, really enjoy doing what I do. Uh, so I wanted to figure out a way to introduce them into development. And a buddy of mine uh, teaches Scratch, or has taught Scratch. So my pick is Scratch, which is almost like a visual development language, um, which I need to explore more myself uh, as I get them um, involved with it. But just a way to get kids into uh, programming and understand the different logic uh, mechanisms you can use. So
0: Nice. Nice. All right, Austin, I think his pick's going to be like how you clone yourself in Google Hangouts. I don't know how we got two of them, but <laughs> well, you got a pick? You got any picks?
1: Yeah, it like kicked me off. It was really weird. Um, I am going to pick the project that he just showed, the OD virtual scroll. I was actually... I got really... After you showed that I got really interested and I started like going through it. And I'm like this is pretty cool So that's that's gonna be my pick. It's uh There's a lot in there and I particularly interested I've done virtual scroll implementations before so I was particularly interested in that
0: Yeah, thanks man <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a good pick I like that pick all right. I got two Uh, my first one is the rxjs operators choose your own adventure uh, documentation at the bottom of the page on the main documentation site uh, reactive x.io rxjs Um, it's like a choose your own adventure i don't know if anybody remembers those books but uh, if you have an operator uh, you go here and you say okay well this is what i need to do and now you can start like radio picking i need uh, to do this i need to do that and this and this and it'll then tell you which operator you want to use for that scenario. So um, I like that a lot, it's pretty cool. And then my second pick is uh, The Dark Crystal. I don't know if anybody is familiar with that movie, Uh, Jim Henson stuff, really cool. But there's a new one, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance coming out on Netflix. Netflix has all kinds of content now, but uh, that's in the works. So looking forward to that as a Dark Crystal fan. So those are my two picks. Uh, Onur, you got anything?
3: Yeah, Uh, I have uh, something different, not really related to RxJS, but uh, related to PWAs, and uh, it's basically the presentation of Adios Mani at Google I/O, so this year's event, and it's I think it's called PWAs with JavaScript frameworks, and. Yeah, I think it's really a good presentation and a really good presentation uh, on comparison of the different JavaScript frameworks. And that's basically a big topic I'm learning currently. Um, So, yeah, definitely watch that on YouTube to find it.
0: Yes, that's that's a very good one, too. Very good one, too. All right. Well, uh, we got a bunch of really good shows coming up here in the future. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing it on um, Thursday instead of Tuesday. Uh, uh, but we're going to do ngdoc.io. We have a show coming up on i18n and translation. We got ng girls and ng Atlanta uh, debugging with the CLI and VS Code components as a service, VR WebGL, and even uh flex layout. So. lot of good stuff lined up for the coming weeks so make sure you tune in uh thanks for joining us today really appreciate you sharing your time and going through the stuff really good and welcome back anytime (laughs) all right everyone have a good one see you next week later